Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Penn State football season is just days away, so we are taking a look at the season preview. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr, here on the BWI Daily Edition. Today, in our second edition of the season preview, we are taking a look at Maybe the second most important position on offense for the Nittany Lions. It's the Penn State offensive line. Sorry, I, I just assumed somebody's going to start yelling. Bringing in our senior editor, Nate Bauer, to the show to discuss the Penn State offensive line here on the BWI Daily Edition season preview. Nate, how are you doing today? And please give me your opening statement about the Penn State offensive line. It cannot be in a volume lower than seven. Oh, wow. (laughs) Uh, I'm doing well, Uh, you know, and and I don't throw things so we can have a a a nice level five volume conversation about Penn State's offensive line today. Honestly, we uh, it's funny. We I knew that we were obviously going to talk about this. I was thinking about it beforehand. I just wrote a story about. Juice Scruggs being named to the Remington Award or the Remington Trophy preseason watch list. And listen, uh, the watch list, the preseason list, like whatever. It's it's. it's <laughs> hey, have you played football before? I know. welcome to the watch list. Yeah, it's 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 total PR. Uh, it, like it's just it's just its own ecosystem. It's fine. Mm-hmm. That said, I looked back at other Penn State Remington Trophy Award winners. Do you know who they are? Uh, no. Uh, recently, can I can I guess that? No, I don't. I have no idea. There's only one all time uh, at Penn oh, State, okay. and it is A.Q. Shipley in 2008. And you know what? It, it for the moment... And feel free to dissuade me and tell me I'm an idiot. But for a moment, I thought to myself, you know, we really do a lot of mental gymnastics about everything, right? Mm -hmm. Specific to the offensive line. In that, when Penn State has a strong, dare I say, and excuse my watered down French, but like tough as crap, nails, right? Like... Just a just a tough bruising center. The uh-huh. offensive lines tend to be good. Like they uh-huh. tend they tend to be pretty good. And so I I think I think that maybe for all of the hand wringing and right the the optimism the pessimism what have you for all of the many facets of the conversation that are happening about Penn State's offensive line, ultimately it's it's going to come back to how well Juice Scruggs does at center. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really do believe that. And right. We've been talking about the offensive line. We've been talking specific to 
the running game. We we talked a lot about Olufashanu. We talked about Caden. All of these different things are, are fine. Pass protection wasn't really the issue last year. It, it had its moments. There were some inconsistencies for sure. But I think that the bottom line proposition here for Penn State's offensive line to take the next step is for that move of Juice Ruggs from guard to center to pay off. Mm-hmm. If it does, they're in business. Now, your rebuttal. <laughs> um, it's a, it, it, you'll never get me to say X happens and then Y absolutely happens when it comes to football. Uh, the center position is important, I think, from a synergistic standpoint to use uh, corporate jargon. But if you want to look at the actual tactics of football, um, I, I don't know that I can point to evidence where that is concrete. Um, but I just, I, I, it doesn't feel, it doesn't sit right. And here, here's the thing in specific blocking situations, the center is very important in other blocking situations. The center is not very important in terms of the job and the responsibility that they have in pass blocking situations. The center has help from both of the guards, unless both of the guards are bad. So, you know, having a player that's a a veteran that does his job well, creates stability on the interior to help those other positions. But when it comes to the winning and losing of football games, I have a hard time not seeing Rasheed Walker giving up a, a, easy pressure and then yelling at Sean Clifford to throw the football Clifford throws the football throws an interception and Penn State's uh, chances against Ohio State are over or Caden Wallace getting to his spot and being routinely beat by Michigan giving up sacks and killing drives for Penn State much less of that happens on the interior but it still does happen so if you have a bad offensive line in the center it obviously is a exponentially worse situation because the pressure comes immediately in the face of the quarterback. But just by the numbers of having three guys on the interior, it happens less. But from a perspective of if you've got a strong center, you've got a good player there, which Penn State thought they did last year. At least they had a veteran player there. And then you have tackles that are good. I think that is a place you can start and say, okay, those positions have to be strong. Guards are a little more interchangeable. But again, if you have elite play at a certain position, it changes the mathematics in college football because guys can have an outsized effect on lesser talent at this level. So my meandering answer is I don't fully buy it, but you could make an argument where there are certain players that can have the effect you're talking about. Yeah, I I, I don't I don't want to give the impression as though Hey, having a, a tough guy, right? Like this notion so here's the that they thing. just need to be meaner. Right? He, right? Exactly. Like, here's what, what does tough mean? Because we exactly. have this language when it comes to football that toughness is important. Like I have the, the toughness is a prerequisite for me to get on the football field. I asked Brenton Strange about that. I asked Caden Wallace about that. Of like, is toughness that important? Because I just assume you have to be. Yeah. And and they had varying answers. And, and I, it was actually funny because Bretton said, well, I think everyone is soft compared to me. So I don't. But at the same time. When you say tough, I hear not talented because that's the coding behind 
when you're saying somebody's tough because you haven't found another uh, trait that they're good at that you can express. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think that part of the problem for me, right, from the outside looking in is you hear Phil Troutwine talk about no talent stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is the mantra is that, and I, I think that it permeates throughout Penn State, but certainly it's something that football, right? I mean, just like the culture of the sport is that if you try really hard and you're talented, yeah. but start with that try really hard and try really hard at things other people m- might um, be a little lackadaisical about, right? that that those are separating factors that those are the minutia that stacked upon each other, create wins. And, you know, personally, I tend to think games are won by better talent ultimately, right? Like overwhelmingly that is the differentiator. But at the same time, I, I think that part of what we're talking about, and I'm dancing around here, but part of what we're talking about is, Penn State has one offensive lineman that was drafted from last year's offensive line that yeah. you and I would both look back at and say, he didn't play all that great, he, 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 right? Yeah. And, and has all, the, has all <laughs> yeah. the talent in the world, yep. but just did not necessarily have that translate. And there were injuries involved. Like, there's just being forthcoming. Mm-hmm. He was hurt through last year. You times. don't you don't get to be good at football by being talented, but you don't get to be great at football by being just good at football. So, you know, we're, we're, we're parsing a situation as always, where it takes both sides of the yin, the yin and the yang, where you need to be the greatest players are the ones that work the hardest at the no talent things, but also have incredible talent. Like at a certain point, you can't outwork somebody who's working adequately and has more talent. So, you know, we're this is always an interesting situation. And you know what? Let's get into the guys we're talking about, the guys who whether or not they have the talent to play next year at an above average level or an acceptable level for Penn State football. But before we get to that, I want to make sure we talk about this. Have you been looking for a reliable source of Penn State football tickets? Jim at TixmanJim.com, formerly at PSUTixman.com, has been running his ticket exchange in Wilmington, Delaware for 25 years. Over 25 years. Every buyer is handled with the courtesy, respect, and every ticket purchased is guaranteed. Proceeds are used to fund the PSU AA Chapter Scholarship Fund and the PSU Levi Lamb Fund for athletic scholarships. Get your home opener, Ohio U tickets, Ohio State Stripeout tickets, Minnesota Homecoming Whiteout tickets, and more. Ticket, get your tickets now at www.ticksmanjim.com. You can see that link on the screen if you're watching here on YouTube. Email Jim at ticksmanjim at gmail.com. So what you see here, plus gmail.com. Or call 302-521-8380. That's 302-521-8380. Okay, so let's meet the Penn State offensive line, and the players that we're talking about in this particular situation. These are the projected starters for Penn State football this fall. Some of these guys are arriving on campus for the first time, like Hunter Norzad. But from left to right, we have, as described by James Franklin in the spring, Olufashanu, Lannon Tangwall at left uh, tackle and left guard, Juice Scruggs at center, 
Hunter Norris at a right guard and Caden Wallace at right tackle. Those are the presumed starting five heading into the season. So uh, this all relates back to last year and really the last two years for the Penn State offensive line. As much as we want to talk about the season preview and we want to not focus on last year and as much as they don't want to focus on last year, our view of this particular situation is coming off of a very low point. So when we talk about in a situation of stock up, stock down, buy, sell short, Nate, yeah. Yeah. where are we with the Penn State offensive line heading into the 2022 season? There's two ways to look at it. Obviously, stock up, stock down. One is that Rasheed Walker being in the, in the NFL indicates that Penn State lost arguably its best piece, right? Uh, is there anybody who of this current offensive line, the five that you just mentioned, who will be drafted in the NFL uh, before the seventh round next cycle? Uh, the, the one that can make the, the, the one guy who could do that would be Hunter Norzad. That's why he's at Penn state to prove he is an NFL offensive lineman. And in this system in, you know, he can show his talents on the bit on the, on the big 10 stage and become a draftable offensive lineman. But there's nothing really that I'm seeing that I would think would make him a day one draft pick like you know that is a day two day three prospect and additionally juice is a fifth year so he would have the covid year eligibility available to him but there's a chance that if he wanted to pursue the nfl after this season he could yeah what's your take on like ballpark (laughs) i well i was wrong about juice scruggs because everything i saw from him early on I really liked as far as great movement skills made impact level blocks was open getting in the open field, making plays last season, the combination of skills on the interior, they didn't work. He did not, I think have the strength I was expecting. He was, he was not as violent at the point of attack, but nothing is in a vacuum. The players around him were, were similar players. So there wasn't a lot of, um, strength accentuating somebody else's strength any weaknesses he had were accentuated by the fact that somebody else had them next to him so bottom line is he was not a he was not an an independent force that was able to make things better so i would not say he is a a draftable offensive lineman as we sit right now he would have to prove that this year by exponentially better play which is the counterpoint to why the stock could be up In that, yes, you lost an NFL-caliber talent. But what has replaced that is Mike Miranda's not in the NFL, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, And now you've got a a guy in Juice Scruggs who who potentially could earn that for himself. You've got a guy in Landon Tegwall who did not play last year, who has all the talent in the world. We've, We've talked about it. The potential, the ceiling is quite high for him. Olufashanu is a guy who looked, is he, is he necessarily Rashid Walker talent? Maybe not. Yes. Olufashanu. I mean, maybe from the limited reps I've seen, the talent seems relative. You're saying that the, that the ceiling 
is the same. Yes. Okay. I would say so. Well, that's great. I mean, for him, certainly, because really, to me, the equation is whether or not his consistency is there, right? Yes. If 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 you have that talent, because that's that's what was lacking from Rashid was that there was just no consistency from snap to snap, but game to game. Yep. It, he had some good games. He had some really bad games. And so if Olu Fashanu can approximate that and even get to, right, uh, maybe not be quite as good as the best Rashid Walker or equal that, equal the best of Rashid Walker, but then yeah. also bring something close to that every play and every game, then Penn State should be in business from center over on yeah. the left side of the line. Right. Um, right. And that, like, that's a, that's a great place to start is to have that as an improvement. And then really, I, I do think, and you mentioned him already, Hunter Norzad changes the equation to have that at right guard, to have a guy with that amount of experience, to have a guy who's come in and has been impressive uh, by all accounts in mm -hmm. his strength, in his approach to the game. This is not, and you and I, we like, we like Eric Wilson, but this is not Eric Wilson. This is, this right. is a better caliber, a higher a more level of player. player. For sure. Yeah. From and a so physical you, standpoint and from yep. what you expect of him to be able to do, this is a this is a more complete player rather than a guy that you think can operate within your system and provide you pass protection skills, which is what Eric Wilson brought to the table last year. Yep. So 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 you have those, and then I'm you know, just to round it out, you have a guy in Caden Wallace who mm -hmm. everyone has been to characterize Caden Wallace as having it from the get-go, I don't think is representative, right? This was right. this was always going to be a developmental process for him, but that's that time is in the books. He's he's had that opportunity. He's had those playing experiences. He, he's there, right? <laughs> he is yeah. the right tackle. He is the starter. He is he is cemented. Uh, Penn State has liked what they've seen from him. They, they've been confident in what he brings to the table. And it's just about him personally kind of taking those next steps, which by all accounts, again, he, he has been able to do. It's just the problem with all of this conversation is there's such a difference between doing it in spring practice and having a great winter workout and being really good in summer informal workouts and doing it against Michigan and yeah. their defensive ends. Yeah. Right. The, 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 the pessimist in the situation, the way that I described this in the season preview, this one I took care of at blue So if you want to sign up for $1, you want to read the full account of what we said and what we feel about the Penn state offensive line heading into 2022, they're a Rorschach test for your personality. Yeah. This, especially this particular, what you just described, what we just laid out is, are you a pessimist or are you an optimist? And I have no idea if the Rorschach test actually describes any of those things, yeah. but it's a, what's, what do you perceive? Because you can make the case that, as you said, from left to center, this could be one of the more talented offensive lines that Penn State has had based on, you know, the limited things that we've seen from the spring game and from the bowl game uh, from those young football players. Conversely, you could say Hunter Norzad is coming from Cornell to prove once again that an Ivy League player can make it in the Big Ten. Yep. Caden Wallace is the same player he was last year, and Juice Scruggs is moving to a new position this year. Yep. 
So you have questions. Yep. And oh, by the way, those other guys have a combined like 200 reps under their belt yep. on the left side of the line, which is, you know, classically seen as the most important side of the line in pass protection. So there are always <laughs> ways to be pessimistic or optimistic about this particular group. And this happens every single year. But my point is, before you respond, yeah, this group has legitimate talent. Yep. The talent to be optimistic about. We're, this is not best case scenarios. The best case scenario is that the left side is elite. The realistic scenario is that they're better than they were last year. Right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. If I was, as you were talking, I was trying to envision myself being a pessimist. Right? Like, <laughs> what would that be like? What would that sound yeah. like? If And to me, that's, that's the best counter argument to this is... Why, why are things going to be dramatically different eight months later? Right. Why, right. if you, if you've got the same pieces, this, the same, more or less the same ingredient, if Olu Fashanu was that good last year, why wasn't he the starter? Why, why didn't he right. beat out Rashid Walker? Right. <laughs> what did, if, if here's Landon a question Tengwall, that goes a little deeper, was he given the opportunity to do so? I, I, but I think that these, I don't necessarily hold some of these viewpoints, but I can't discount them for right. people who do to say, right. if, if Landon Tagwall is that good and we've, we've seen that he played okay. He played well in the Rutgers game. There were, there were things that yes, are, are worth being optimistic about. But if, if all of those things are true and you know, the argument is simply that they needed more time, right? Extra time that the eight months between the end of last season and the start of this next one are going to be this dramatic difference to the positive. I think it's it's very, very valid to mm -hmm. say, no, you're you you've got some wishful thinking going on here. You you you're being, you know, ahead in the clouds to say that, yeah, this is going to be revolutionary to Penn State's offensive line. And, and I think that you and I probably come out in the same place on this in that, no, it's not. They're, they're yeah. not going to be a great offensive line. There's no, there's no suggestion that this offensive line that went from, that, again, shares three of the same pieces from mm -hmm. last year is going to go from that, which was average to below average, into... Phenomenal. We're great, right? Like they're not going to be 
the 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 what what is it? Uh, I, I don't remember the the uh the, like the Broyles Award. Who, who's the offensive oh, for line the, for the off for, for the whole offensive line? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, you're right. I don't. I think you're right. It, it could be the Broyles, but I I pay so little attention to those because most of those don't have anything to do with the play on the football field. Like they are good for the teams that win it. Yeah, but I pay very little attention to the postseason awards because they don't actually they're not an accurate measurement of who was the best. Point being, are we going to talk about Penn State as having the best offensive line in the Big Ten at the end of the season with this group? No, 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 no. There, there is a there is a path where you do play the if game that if Hunter Norzad is truly great. And if Landon Sangwall is an all Big Ten player and Olaf Ashanu is better than uh, Rashid Walker, three-fifths of your offensive line being elite, this is the other thing about offensive lines that we have to understand here is that offensive linemen work as a unit, right? So the cohesiveness and the things that you can't necessarily grade from an individual perspective, those things have to be there. They have to be, they have to work together. All of those, like, really great storylines that you write about all those things do have to be there. But if you got two horses that can just plow the field for you, it makes it easier. It makes things a little bit easier. And if you've got two to three of those, you can have a great offensive line. As long as the other two are not negative players, they are not offering mistakes to the team to negate the good work that everyone else is doing. I can see a path where maybe one guy becomes very good and the rest of the offensive line does just that. Works together. Nobody's giving up huge mistakes. And every once in a while, you're beat. And physically, you lose some reps. But overall, the offensive line is a positive force because they're doing their job. They're not making mental or physical mistakes. And they are giving the opportunity to other players to then be the stars. To go make the go make the special play yeah. that there is a path to that. I think for sure. All it is, is will it be a meteoric rise or will it be a gradual rise or will it stay the same? Right. And Penn state as a program cannot afford for it to stay the same. Yes. If I think you and I agree on that too, that there is a problem. There is a yeah. systematic problem if things stay the same this year, this has to be the year where we see tangible growth. 100%. and But it's just being realistic about what that growth is going to be. Right. Having a reasonable expectation of, all right, you know, you might not have all Americans in this group this year. Maybe you have one for the future, but this year that would be too much of an ask. Mm-hmm. But also, it's not too much of an ask. Reasonable, uh, right? Like uh, among reasonable people, I should say, to yeah. expect it to be better than it was last year. So what's what's this uh, last question before I want to get to the next thing here with with the offensive line and, and take a look at a different group? What is that threshold? Because yeah. we've said get to an acceptable level. Can we put a? Can we put a? Uh, uh, a comparison on it from from a previous Penn State offensive line that wasn't elite, wasn't great, but was exactly what they needed to be. 
Is there a season or is there a year that you could point to where it was a very good offensive line for what you were expecting of that group where they need to get back to this level or else it is not a successful season? I think that 2016 probably against 2015. I don't know if I don't know if they need to be as good as 2016 was. Yeah, but that was not a that was not a great offensive line that again, special players made special plays and the offensive line for the most part didn't make enough mistakes to hurt those people. But you had you had some injection of young talent there. Connor McGovern was a piece on that. Ryan Bates group, Ryan Bates. Right. Mm -hmm. So some guys that are in the NFL now, um, as opposed to 2015, when it was very much in the teeth of the sanctions and, you know, everybody saw what happened, right, with with that. I mean, right. it was just, you know, record-breaking sacks allowed. Like, yep. uh, that – so that, that to me, feels like probably the most apt comparison. And, and obviously, this group last year was not as bad as what they experienced in 2015. I mean, it was just a totally different situation and a different experience. But – to, to, to be able to make that incremental improvement. And really 2017 turned out to be a pretty good offensive mm-hmm. line. So, yeah. so if you, if you do that, if you can have that this year, then I think it bodes well for what the future is for that group. Yeah. I, I guess in a general sense, get back to the trajectory that Penn State was on pre pandemic yeah. 2018, 19, get into that area where you have pieces that are working together and you have parts of your offense that are functioning at a high level. That would be, I think a, the, the step that you need to take here because the point of bringing in Phil Troutwine was not just the recruiting trail where Penn state is doing a great job, but it is also about uh, taking the good players and the good production they had at the end of uh, the last segment with offensive line play and being better than that. Yeah. So you have, appreciably i think in certain places appreciably better talent it now needs to perform that way or start performing that way otherwise i think that is kind of where we we land on this and let's talk about some of that talent that's on the way it's a bit of a formality with this particular group on the offensive line but let's take a look at the freshmen we always want to make sure we give those players credit so you know what to expect from this particular group um you can see the offensive line here starting with vega yuane on the left Drew Shelton, a top 150 player in the class of 2022 at tackle, and then six foot seven, 370 pound Malik McNeil at uh, the other offensive line position. Those uh, positions, roughly, as what we are hearing and what we've predicted in the film says, uh, Drew Shelton would be a left tackle, Malik McNeil would be a right tackle, and Vega Ioane would be a guard on the interior. But I think he also has the skill to play tackle if needed. The point would be, be good enough that you can put a player at his best position and not necessarily where you have to put him. But are you expecting anything of these guys this year? No. Are you? No, 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 not from the tackles especially. But the one thing that keeps ringing in my ears is what James Franklin said about Vega Iwane on February 2nd, the National Signing Day when he committed, saying that he was a player that at least physically can come in and compete right away. So it, that is about as effusive of praise as James Franklin can give to a, an offensive lineman. He does not do that. Penn State has had some highly rated players, and they've all yeah. redshirted. So is Vega Ioane special, or was the situation that they were going to need him 
and right. then they got Hunter Norzad. Right. So I still don't know if it's on the table because from a physical standpoint, James Franklin is not saying anything that's like it's correct. He is he is an amazing talent. He is superior in so many ways. This is the 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 level of talent has been uh, rising up in the offensive line room. So is the is the is the curve going to be shortened enough from a, a mental standpoint where he can affect in a positive way and compete for a spot on the depth chart? Even if he's not a starter, does he see time? That would be my question about him. But at this point, I would say no, because that's the standard. That's typically what we've gotten from history. Yeah. There's such little disbursement of reps beyond the first team that, you know, when you're talking about expectations and and will they play, um, is there an opportunity? Is there a world where they use the four games of eligibility, right? And and preserve Mm -hmm. a red shirt. Uh, Sure. Sure. I could see that. But any of those guys, blowing red shirts to to be kind of fixtures on the offensive line. I don't, I don't, that's not something that I would anticipate. Right. Uh, the X factor of this group, before we get to one final thing, the, we've talked about the X factor with the, the quarterbacks and, and the yeah. situation around them. Here is the situation around them. So what is the X factor for that? What, what are you seeing as far as the most important thing the wild card in this group. Ah, boy. Uh, so my mind goes to two places. One is juice because I already mentioned it. I laid out my thesis for, for juice being very important. I, I, I do think that his play there being an improvement over Mike Miranda is crucial to their success. Yeah. Oh, Fashanu yeah. for sure. I, I, both of those Hunter Norzad being like, I'm I'm literally going to say everyone as an X factor, but then I'm going <laughs> to but, but then I'm going to circle back and change the equation completely mm-hmm. by doing the same thing that we did with the quarterback, right? Is the quarterback can help the offensive line look better. The the running yep. backs can help the offensive line look better. These are things that are again not independent of each other if if there's a running back who was on last year's team and played, so whether it's Kevon Lee, Devin Ford, Katron Allen, Nick Singleton, I don't care. If one of those guys has the ability to take a smaller hole and turn it into a bigger run than mm-hmm. anything that happened last year, Penn State will be in business. Penn State will be in a much better place. Uh, you, you can live with a bunch of four yard runs. And, and I mean, I'm just a broken record at this point. You can live with four yard runs. If you know, one out of every 15 goes for 60. You, yeah. you can, it's okay. That's a, that's a winning formula. So that, that I think will pretty dramatically change people's perceptions of the success of the offensive line against last year, where, there were holes, there were opportunities and Penn state's Penn state's running backs couldn't make the most of them. So I, I, that's kind of, that's X factors. uh, Right. Plural. Right. Uh, I have a couple of different X factors in my mind uh, and I'll give you one independent of what's in the article. So you want to go check out what I wrote at the site. You got to go check it out at the site. What are they being asked to do this year? 
because we've talked about this this offseason. I don't think we saw Mike Yersich's fastball last year. I think there's more to give from because the players last year did not fit the system he wanted to run, and he tried his best as the offensive coordinator to fit his system to them. But there was just not enough things they could do well. So does this group, as we've described, that I have said has more talent, and another thing, by the way, is more length. There are, I believe there's one player that has under 33 inch arms. Everyone else has the adequate expected length of a big 10 offensive lineman to execute both run and pass blocks. And the one guy that doesn't is also one of the guys that I think is the most talented. So can that group execute more plays, giving the opportunity for the offense to do more things and get the play caller back in his pocket? You know, yep. back in the groove. I think that's a huge X factor is if you can get things, you know, I hate using this term, but you, you get a more holistic approach to the offense where you're not trying to like, okay, we do these two things and we're going to mix and match and find other things to do with it. Instead of saying, okay, this plays off that plays off this plays off that. And you can get into actual creative play calling. Yep. If the offensive line can help with that and do more things more effectively, then Penn State will have a more effective offensive line they'll have a more effective running game and passing game i'm in i'm sold <laughs> my x factors were dumb i like yours better well i came up with mine because i listened to you first and you sparked the idea so they are partially yours i'm uh, i'm changing my vote one last thing i want to get to here on uh the show and then we'll wrap up with final thoughts about the offensive line something that we didn't have time to get to yesterday on the BWI Daily Edition on our mailbag show because those always go pretty long. Uh, we asked you a week ago, who's one of the mailbag questions was, who's on the Mount Rushmore for Penn State football in the 2010s? And I wanted to get to this because there was some great stuff. Um, and Nate, you and I forgot a key person on this list. And some of our, uh, we asked you to write in the comments, who's the Penn State Mount Rushmore of the 2010s? And we got some great answers. These two I thought were the best one because is Saquon, Trace, Alan Robinson, we forgot Micah Parsons when we were talking, Nate, because I, I thought of him as a player in the in the next decade. But no, he was clearly a player that played in the 2010s. It was just such a such a flash of light, right? It, right exactly. It, right. He, he 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 was good as a true freshman. He was better in the second half. He was he was revelatory in the second half of his sophomore season. And then we yeah. never got to see it again. And so it's, I'm going to excuse us for that. <laughs> and I, I'm going to, I'm going, I struggle with the fact that Chris Godwin isn't on this list because he is every bit the player that Allen Robinson is in the NFL. He maybe hasn't been there for as long doing it for as long, but he's, he is equal to the talent and had equal to the impact, even though he never had a thousand yard season, which still blows my mind. But the fact that, you know, that offense had so many different weapons that Chris Godwin didn't have a thousand yard season, but is one of the best young receivers in the NFL. And he's not on the Mount Rushmore. I think first says how important Trace McSorley was and how he truly was a guy that elevated players around him. And also that there's just four like you just yeah. can't get all of them on there yeah. last thing before we get to final thoughts is i wanted to make sure we got uh m shive a shout out here on the channel donated to the show yesterday during the mailbag he's a super awesome dude supports the channel we appreciate your support and uh 
you know, if you want to donate to the channel during our live airings of the BWI Daily Edition, always appreciate that. Uh, it is very gracious of you guys, and I want to thank you. Since we've done an airing at 3 p.m. where we play this live on YouTube, um, you guys have been very generous, so thank you very much. So we want to pay that back by giving you the best possible content, and that includes Nate Bauer's final thoughts on the offensive line. Oh, no. That's too <laughs> yeah, much of a... I set you up, that... buddy. Too much of a setup. I'm I'm flustered. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, my, my final thought is that it, it has to be better. Uh, I, I think it will be better. I think that across the board, the opportunity for improvement is yes. It's there in the, in the pure sense of players who have taken steps or who have been said to have taken steps this off season, but also in the reactions of teammates, Right. The reactions of yeah. coach, all of those different things um, say to me, OK, well, if it's a tough balance between are, are, are they blowing smoke? Right. Like, are they just being complimentary of teammates just to be complimentary of teammates or is right. there something to it? And so me, my takeaway, ever the optimist uh, in favor of this gradual, eternal quest towards being better in everything Right. Is that is that it will happen. It, it will be yeah. better than it was last year. It's just trying to keep that in perspective. I, I think it yeah. will be a step, uh, maybe two steps. Will it be a leap? Probably not, but uh, better than it was. Penn State has not had one important thing at the at the offensive line because there are five positions. They have not had enough depth to create true competition where it's not two guys deciding who's going to play, but two good players deciding who's going to be the best. They have the opportunity this year yep. at the, at least at the very least at the guard position where there are five, four or five guys that can elevate the play of the person next to him through competition. They do not have that at tackle, but can you create enough competition on the interior to make a tangible difference and elevate the play of everyone around you? And will players like Juice Scruggs, if there isn't an answer at center and your prediction does not come true, is there somebody there who can elevate the play of that position and people have the reality, not just the theory, of losing their job? Because if that's the case, Penn State's offensive line has taken not just a good step, but a decisive step in the right direction. And especially with the talent coming in in future classes, building up that talent and that competition is essential to creating very good offensive lines because that's how it works. Some guys are going to miss. Some guys aren't going to work out. Some guys we didn't even mention here on the show when we talked about the full offensive line, mostly because there's 15 of them. And like to get every one of their names on the, it would have been ridiculous. But the guys that we mentioned and some of the young players that are pushing behind the scenes, they have to do that because if they don't, then it is up in the air, whether Penn state's offensive line will genuinely take that step that you and I are expecting. That'll do it today for the BWI daily edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. That is Nate Bauer, senior editor. Season preview number two, the offensive line is in the books. We're going to wrap up the offense. We're going to go through the offense first and then focus on the defense. Next up, Nate's taking a look at the running backs, and I'm going to talk along with him about that 
that come up next week on the BWI Daily. We'll talk to you then.